The word multimedia is the use of a variety of artistic or communicative media using more than one medium of expression or communication. Café is a type of establishment that serves coffee and is known as a place where information can be exchanged. The following is the audio version of the Multimedia Café. Welcome to the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spees. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation right here at the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Well, we got a fantastic program in store for you today. It's part two of our interview with Jack Hamlin with Energy Strong Colorado and Summit Engineering as we get into the state of energy in Colorado, modern-day environmentalism, Boulder Democrats, herd mentality, the paradigm shift in energy, as well as why is the light switch all of a sudden political? This is part two of our interview with Jack Hamlin with Summit Engineering and Energy Strong Colorado. First part was aired yesterday here on the Multimedia Cafe. Of course, you can go to the website, listen to the full-length interview at any time. But right now, we're going to get into our interview here at the Multimedia Cafe. Once again, my name is Jason Spies. This is the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. But right now, we're going to talk with Jack Hamlin with Summit Engineering and Energy Strong Colorado. But they use our products every day. Why is that? I mean, it's, it's a head-scratching uh, paradox I cannot figure out, but I really want to. And the group that we have at Energy Strong really wants to. It's interesting uh, listening to your story because, you know, one of the things that I've been saying now for probably about three months um, is I've done government affairs for 20, 25 years in the media. And one of the things I, I can I can say pretty, pretty confidently is that the oil and gas industry for probably the last 20 years has invested more and more and more into government relations. And that really became part of their PR strategy. And there was a time when that really was useful and beneficial, especially on the local level. But over the past, I would say, five to eight years, a lot of the politicians, that polarization happened to where everything became a party line. And, they, and oil and gas somehow got lumped in with a political party. And the, the light switch never should be. The, the gas in your car should never be a political thing at all. And, and you know that. I know that everybody knows that deep in their heart. And so when you kind of look at, you know, the, the politicians really at the end of the day kind of became the oil company's PR people. What, what, what do you make of that statement and observation I just made? Uh, it's frustrating. I mean, I, so. I mean, is it, is there, is there any uh, credibility to that? Do you think, or any yeah, accuracy? Yeah. I mean, absolutely. If you look at it, it's um, how could something as complex as, as, energy independence and commodities that you consume on a daily basis how on earth could that be a partisan issue right so you've got you've got politicians towing a narrative or or a a a way of discourse that people just buy into and that's that's a frustrating part for me and that i i'm an unaffiliated voter i i'm too fluid in, in so many things that i can't 
I can't wrap my head around that. So that's where it gets frustrating. What I look at is, man, the, the American consumer, the, the average American citizen, it seems like the, the, uh, the short-term memory uh, is just not there when it comes to day-to-day life. I, I remember back four or five years ago when gasoline got to like $4.30 a gallon or something like that. And it was on the verge of Mad Max out here. I mean, they were talking about repealing the gas tax to help lower income families. And at the end of the day, that's who this impacts, right? I grew up in, in a fairly poor household. Uh, I grew up with a, with a single mom that had to, had to make choices on which bills to pay. Do we pay the gas bill or do we put gasoline in the car? And if gasoline was expensive, uh, we walked to school. I mean, th- these were impacts that I had in my life. And when I look at my uh, friends and people in my community, um, these, r- r- if, if as you ban things and put moratoriums and we lose this just unbelievable jewel of energy independence, if we lose that and just throw that away, it's consumers, it's every citizen in this country that gets impacted. We're, we're not going to stop using fossil fuels anytime soon. We just become beholden to the same uh, regimes that caused us to get the energy dependence in the, independence in the first place. So then we're going back to, to being hostage to uh, a foreign nation to supply us our energy. It's, it's a strange thing to understand to me that people, that anyone, regardless of political affiliation, wants to throw away and squander such an unbelievable accomplishment. I, I think we live in such a crazy time right now because, you know, I'm in the media and I, I've got to call the media out too and say just the simple fact that they would give somebody like Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren airtime now after they would come out and say, I'm going to ban fracking as part of my platform. To me, that that's that, that if you actually believe and I'm not being political. This is the, this is the problem with the with, with what's happened with oil and gas and energy. It's political, so you got to like put a disclaimer in there. But at the end of the day, if if you really believe you, somebody's going to ban fossil fuels, that is a legitimate fringe candidate. That is that is actual craziness because it would it would send the uh, society back so far, and. Um, the media is, is gotten really lazy on it, too, because they, they should be calling these guys out and they should be doing some things like that. And they don't. You know, they just they pander into it and get the low hanging fruit, just like the politicians have done, too. So it's really kind of been a one two punch. And that's one of the reasons we, we changed ours. And, you know, and at that conference, I said it doesn't mean we're going to make, make things new overnight, but at least it's a step in the right direction. It's being proactive, you know, for a lot of our on our radio programs, we use local uh, bu- uh, artists, local musicians for our bumper music. And now we've got musicians promoting oil and gas instead of protesting against it. And again, it's not gonna change the industry overnight, but at least it's a step in the right direction. And so talk to me a little bit about how you get, I mean, it's hard to say you're proactive because you know it's it's, you got to go out and do things and you got to set the narrative and you got to take control again. And that takes time. You know what I mean? So um, are you guys, are you currently planning anything proactive? What's kind of some steps 
to become proactive because it's easier said than done. And I know you mentioned that, you, you know, that's kind of one of your missions and goals is to get Colorado strong, to be proactive again. I'll give you an example. One of the things that we are being proactive on, and this goes against probably the industry, but uh, we actually use the word high, uh, horizontal flushing. We don't use horizontal fracking and fracturing anymore because fracking is a really bad word. It has a negative connotation to it. And uh, you fracture a bone, you fracture a relationship. There's a fracture in the dam. So we just started using horizontal flushing, especially when talking to children, especially when talking to kids. We use horizontal yeah. flushing. And the, the yeah. kids smile because they flush a toilet every day. That's where the poopy goes, man. Fracturing, <laughs> man. You got to go to the hospital. It's, it's, a, it's a different mindset. So, you know, our environmental champ, Johnny Green, who loves uh, oil and gas, that's what he was down in Minnesota cleaning lakes with a blue state promoting oil and gas, getting pictures, part of the 4th of July parade in Earhart, Minnesota with Minneapolis people, the third most liberal state I just looked online, you know. Um, so we're doing that type of thing, you know, trying to be a little bit proactive with, you know, some little steps. Um, what, what kind of discussions are you guys having? I, I, I have no idea if you guys are, like I said, in the midst of anything or what, but just talk yeah. to me about the proactive nature of things. Yeah, so we're, we're, we're in, the, in the midst of several things. So a lot of it is, again, um, uh, broadcasting out to our, to our followers on social media and our, and our uh, email lists on... Mr. Jack Hamlin, I'm going to ask you to hold that thought for just a moment or two. We're going to take a brief pause. When we come back, we'll continue the conversation with Jack Hamlin with Summit Engineering and Energy Strong Colorado. My name is Jason Spies. This is the Multimedia Cafe. Get ready for the storm. Historic, the first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative, the cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects, groundbreaking, with construction resuming in early 2019. The Davis Refinery. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Jason, what's your thought on this? My dad always listens to Jason Spies. No one does an interview like Jason Spies. Jason Spies is the most trusted voice in the Bakken. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. You know, I don't know what justifies being placed in history books, Jason, but in my book, it's in there. This is a good thing. Is your boss watching this? You need a raise. Welcome back to the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation right here at the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Coming up next, we continue the conversation with Jack Hamlin with Summit Engineering and Energy Strong Colorado. Uh, broadcasting out to our, to our followers on social media and our, and our uh, email lists on upcoming events and mobilizing people to those events, getting those chairs filled with people that would otherwise not want to be there, not even know about the meeting. So we're, we're fighting, um, we're fighting 
back uh, on the front level uh, of we're, we're getting people to to get there. That's that's the first thing, right? And then you're, you're trying to mobilize right now. So so we're mobilizing, but we're also getting getting some messaging out there. So our, a big push for us right now is giving people the talking points of within the industry, the, the good things, the how much emissions have gone down, how much, uh, uh, you know, like I mentioned earlier, how, how drilling's increased, but the footprint and the actual emissions have gone down, how natural gas has transformed our entire, uh, the way we, we generate power and the emissions decrease from it, the, the potential there to decrease emissions worldwide. So, so we're giving people uh, the tools to do that. We're um, hosting our own happy hours and, and getting people from uh, the mission of, of Energy Strong is to unite the oil and gas industry and everybody. That if, if you touch a molecule of hydrocarbons, we want we want you there. We don't care if you're downhole, uh, engineering, construction, an operator, whatever you are. If you're in the industry, if you if you if you're in trucking, recruiting, whatever it is, we want you there and we want to hear your story and, and the impact. Uh, one of the things that we did proactively was a tip the bill campaign. I'm not sure if you saw that or not, but uh, th- that went pretty viral where we, you know, if you ha- if you went out to dinner with your family and it was $60, you tipped $60 and you put on there paid for by oil and Colorado oil and gas, energy strong Colorado, trying to raise awareness to, Hey, this, our industry has a very big impact in this state beyond the, the revenue that's generated by the, the oil and gas producers, right? Those are the numbers that the, the proponents of the bill they used, oh, Colorado's, you know, uh, the oil and gas industry supports 29,000 jobs or something like that in Colorado. The real number is way more than that. It's just companies like mine, an engineering company of 110 people, our SIT code doesn't correlate with oil and gas. It's under engineering. They don't count that as an oil and gas job, even though 100% of my revenue comes from oil and gas. So the tip the bill movement was huge. Uh, the happy hours are great, getting people together, trying to get our narrative going, uh, which to me, narrative seems seems like a deception. So I don't even want to use that word. It's it's more of a let's let's get our messaging out there, and so everybody understands the good. And we all um, are giving. Just we're not using anecdotal data. We're using empirical data. These are the facts, and this is why it's good. And then. Um, Beyond that, yeah, we're looking at backing um, and helping fundraise for for local uh, political candidates here that are oil and gas friendly. So, so we've got kind of a multi prong approach at this point, um, you know, to to not only counter what's going on, but get get ourselves in in get footing to get on the offensive a little bit. And and one of the big components we're also doing is. Uh, if you've gone to the, the Energy Strong website, www.energystrong.com, but there's there's a bunch of merchandise on there that you can purchase, hats and shirts and uh, stuff like that that uh, is emblazoned with Energy Strong Colorado, uh, Energy Strong Colorado, and there's several other states. Those articles of clothing, those hats, are good discussion starters, both pro and against. I mean, I've worn it around. And people said, oh, great, where, where do you work? Oh, I work for so-and-so, and um, we have a great discussion. And then other people kind of look at you sideways and you get into a discussion with them, and, and it's uh, a very – you know, it, what's interesting is when you get people outside of a group or some sort of like 
mass hysteria type of deal where it's uh, like down at the Capitol where it's like a big side. They call them, you know, for and against. When you get them one-on-one and you can have a, a lucid discussion, it's positive both ways. I get to understand their perspective and they get to understand some facts about the oil and gas industry. So the merchandise that we're selling, the proceeds roll right back into it. We're not, you know, we don't make any money on that stuff. That goes right back into new logo development, new merchandise development. And, and the, the, the sole reason around that is to get Colorado oil and gas visibility as, as far as we can get it. Right. And so, yeah, the hats look cool. The, the logo development, it, it incorporates pieces of every state. Um, and, uh, that's been really successful. Um, so yeah, those are the kind of things we're doing, um, as an energy strong group. And, uh, really I, I don't see it's been, that's been kind of the real frustrating part, Jason, is that, um, our industry in Colorado, it seems like they're on the defensive kind of waiting for every wait for the dust to settle in the next election cycle. Meanwhile, you've got, you know, tens of thousands of people that could be um, a consequence to inaction if we don't do something. Um, you know, all of, this, all of all of this stuff funnels back into we know that the industry that we're in and the and the jobs that we do are virtuous, that they create prosperity for people, that they save lives. They don't they don't ruin lives. The health and safety component here. Here's a good perspective for you. Right. So. As we're going through Senate Bill 181, and they're talking, you know, the, the, the sponsors of the bill are talking about health and safety and health and safety and environment. The environment will kill you, okay? The environment is not this nice, friendly, stable thing. It's you'll freeze to death. You'll, you'll die of thirst. Oil and gas has brought all those things to where we're able to have heat and AC, clean water, clean air. What was really interesting during Senate Bill 181 is, is during the proceedings, a blizzard came through Colorado, right? It's almost it was almost you couldn't couldn't write a script any better in my opinion. So they're talking about health and safety, and then a blizzard hits, and I'm thinking, thank God I've got oil and gas, I've got a natural gas pipeline coming to my house where I can turn on the on the fireplace and the furnace, and if I had solar panels on my roof they'd be covered in two feet of snow and i'd freeze to death i mean that that's where i was at in in my head and and i thought it it was kind of a a light bulb went off and it wasn't the oil and gas uh it creates a safe environment you're able to get out of the heat you're able to get out of the cold you're able to um have clean water in your house and, and and to to uh uh, keep your family safe. You're able to get into a, a car or a, on a bus or onto a motorcycle or whatever and drive to the hospital if you're sick. And that hospital runs on a grid that is the majority of it comes from fossil fuels. So when you look at it holistically, it's a no brainer. It, it might feel good to some people to say fossil fuels are bad and they lump all these coal and natural gas and oil and everything else into one big bucket, but it is not the right thing to do. It, oil and gas saves lives. It creates a wonderful world for everybody to get in an airplane, go see another culture, to 
uh, heat your home, to uh, turn on your tap and, and have clean water. All of that stuff comes from fossil fuels, whether you like it or not. That's what it is. And at the at the end of the day, the cool thing about the the, the group at Energy Strong, we're not anti-renewables. We're not anti-anything. We're pro-oil and gas, but there's nobody here suppressing solar technology or anything else. If you're if you believe in solar and wind, go use it. It'd be great. Better on you. The pro, the, the 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 real interesting uh, paradigm I'm faced with is the people that uh, have approached us and, and been kind of against our industry use it every day. And I go back to it all the time. But I think how, it's it's not in my backyard thinking, which is just a, a very elitist viewpoint that I know. Mr. Jack Hamlin, I'm going to ask you to hold that thought for just a moment or two. We're going to take a brief pause and we come back. We'll continue the conversation with Jack Hamlin with Summit Engineering and Energy Strong Colorado. My name is Jason Spies. This is the Multimedia Cafe. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you. And the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts. And then you let people make up their own minds. If you want someone who's competent, you don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio. And if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Spies. Historic. The first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative, the cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects, groundbreaking, with construction resuming in early 2019. The Davis Refinery. So here's to all of the good thinkers, and here's to the lonely drinker but don't you know welcome back to the multimedia cafe my name is jason Spees. thank you folks for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation right here at the multimedia cafe a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about coming up next we continue the conversation with jack hamlin with summit engineering and energy strong colorado how, it's it's not in my backyard thinking which is just a, a very elitist viewpoint that i don't i, I can't wrap my head around them I'm trying to, but hey, if if you don't like our products, this is a simple supply and demand thing. We're not we're not producing oil and gas to not be used. It's because it gets consumed, we produce it. If if somebody thinks that renewables are virtuous, hey, you know you shouldn't need the government to force you to use those things and other people to use those things. Let the market do its thing. When you say the last bastion of capitalism, absolutely, it's basic supply and demand economics here. If if renewables were virtuous and and safer and cleaner, everyone would use them. But they're not. They're not reliable. Did you? Here's an interesting statistic for you. So you talk about oil and gas is one of the safest, as you probably know and the listeners know, it's one of the safest industries on the planet, right? So both from a internal and external perspective, and what I mean by that is it's safe for all the employees that work in it, whether you're in a plant or in a pipeline or in an office, it's one of the safest industries on the planet. And externally, when you look at 
any other industrial operation, it's extremely safe. So when I was doing, uh, when I was testifying in, in front of uh, the state um, representatives here, you know, solar panels, I, I found this study in California where it showed there was about 50 deaths per 1.5 million roof installs of solar. I'll say that again, 50 deaths for every 1.5 million roof installs. Why is that? That's because roofing is very unsafe, and that's where these solar panels go. If 50 people died for every 1.5 million cubic feet of natural gas produced, our industry, it would be um, mass hysteria. But So on, on I, that note, let me, let me ask you this question. Jack Hamlin with a Summit Engineering. I'm looking at the clock, so we're going to be winding down here next – 10 minutes or so, but as long as we got down this path, um, one of the conversations we're having on our program is what would a world look like if take solar and wind who have received subsidies for 40 years and really a lot of subsidies for 20 years and they had their own benchmarks. We were supposed to all be able to have solar panels for our, our houses and cities were supposed to have um, wind turbines to power power their their cities and, and rural America as well. And these were all supposed to be affordable. Okay, that that was the benchmarks put up by the industry, not by anybody else. The industry put those benchmarks out. Okay, we gave them millions and billions and kajillions of dollars to do this. Now, what would happen if, say, for the next oh five years, we took the the subsidy 100 percent of the subsidies that have gone to wind and solar you've had 40 years man too bad and put it to natural gas think about what would happen to the flaring and the permian and the bakken alone okay just from that perspective because in north dakota the oil and gas companies pay i believe it's 11 and a half percent extraction and production tax one of the highest in the nation and they also have fees they got to pay. They're regulated uh, as well. And then they always make sure that the churches have enough money for the bake sale. And they always make sure the little league team has enough uh, for the for the ball jerseys and et cetera. Sometimes they just don't have enough for the research and development. So imagine if they those some, you know, these crazy guys that are sleeping on. These are people you work with, I would imagine. If, the, if, if you're in engineering, you know what I'm talking about. These natural gas smart, clever, clever capitalists that are investing all of their fortune, all their family's money to try and solve a problem that is really actually probably solvable. Do, do you know what I mean by that? What, 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 would have, what would a world look like if we shifted those subsidies uh, to natural gas? It, uh, it, you'd have the cleanest environment, uh, way cleaner than, than any renewable power. Natural gas is extremely clean, and, and that's that's one of the biggest uh, it's one of the biggest narratives that I think the industry has an opportunity to overcome, which is every single uh, citizen in Denver, uh, with a very, with a, of course, including a very small population that's not hooked up to a uh, natural gas distribution system, but virtually every home has a natural gas pipeline coming to it, and you burn natural gas inside your house in a fireplace and a furnace. Uh, the, if we were to, instead of flare this precious resource if we it's one of the things that drives me nuts the most about our industry but but we're a little bit beholden because of, of federal rules. but if we we're able to capture all that natural gas and export it around the globe to places like china and india and 
even our, in our own country into New England where they're using, you know, they've got these uh, moratoriums on, on any sort of natural gas development. So they burn heating oil instead or they import um, LNG from Russia. I mean, these are these are to, to America, right? It's just unbelievable. If you export all of our natural gas, we are sitting on a world class resource that the world envies. The rest of the world envies us. There's still a, billions of people that don't even have basic electricity, access to electricity. We have all this natural gas. We've got an excess amount. You've got negative pricing on takeaway in the Permian because there's so much natural gas. If you were to invest that money into natural gas infrastructure and export terminals, you would drive down emissions something like 90% globally. I don't have the actual statistic on me, but we'll have that on the next discussion. I'll follow up with you in an email. There's, It, it would be unprecedented. And, and the beauty of, of, of something like natural gas is it's reliable, it's dependable, it's abundant, and it's cheap. And it's clean. It's 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 almost a perfect fuel for for uh, humanity for, for for energy. That's why we use it every single day. But it's it's again, I go back to it's so clean. You burn it in your own house with your family inside your house. It's that clean. You burn you burn uh, ethane. It's it. It's nothing left hardly. It's it's unbelievable how clean it is, and it's been lumped in to be as uh, be like coal or uh, oil. It's there's really a shift that needs to happen there for people to embrace domestic American natural gas. We've been using it for uh, decades, and and we have hundreds of years of supply left. I mean, I look at it from just a market standpoint, to where you know subsidies shouldn't direct a market, but if we're already doing subsidies one way and we shift them to another, let's take a look at what's going to happen here. Okay, so some new capitalists are going to get some money, probably some energy companies as well. All right, what happens from there? Oh, we might come up with some new super plastic that, you know, everybody can now have a pool in their backyard for under two grand. You know, I mean, who knows? We, we have no idea what could happen. But here's what would happen, at least in North Dakota and I believe in some other places, Local mineral owners would receive royalties now because in North Dakota, they don't get paid for the ones that get flared. And all of a sudden now, you would have a corporate subsidy. You'd have a capitalism subsidy for a small business owner. And then you'd even get a local stimulus out of it. So the cafes and the Hanks hardware and all these guys would all of a sudden, you know, get a little bit of a boost in the economy because some local mineral owners got a boost in their in their monthly royalty checks instead of having the stuff flared out. Do you know what I mean by that? To where it would it just seems like it would be such a, a smart I'll, I'll move. I'll take the one better. I mean it's it, you take the capitalists out of it, you take take all of that out of it and go back to the consumer. The the industry, our industry is driven by demand. Period. The end. Right? So so uh, the the capitalists and the business people and and the engineers and, and everybody else, they came together and they found a way to compete on a global level with Saudi Arabia, with the Middle East, and were able now to produce oil and gas economically. At Mr. Jack Hamlin, I'm going to ask you to hold that thought for just a moment or two. We're going to take a brief pause and we come back. We'll continue the conversation with Jack Hamlin with Summit Engineering and Energy Strong Colorado. My name is Jason Spies. This is the Multimedia Cafe. Even when the storm comes, I am washed by the 
water, even when the rain falls, even when the flood starts rising, even when the storm comes, I am washed by the water, even when the rain falls. Jason Speece, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts, and then you let people make up their own minds. If you want someone who's competent, you don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Speece on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Speece, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Speece. Historic. The first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative, the cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects, groundbreaking, with construction resuming in early 2019. The Davis Refinery. Welcome back to the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation right here at the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Coming up next, we continue the conversation with Jack Hamlin with Summit Engineering and Energy Strong Colorado. The, the industry, our industry is driven by demand, period, the end, right? So, so uh, the, the capitalists and the business people and and the engineers and, and everybody else, they came together and they found a way to compete on a global level with Saudi Arabia, with the Middle East, and were able now to produce oil and gas economically at, at prices that people were, would have thought were impossible five or ten years ago. But you take all the capitalists, all that out of it, and look at the consumer. If I go back, I go back to this, if... If a consumer is anti-fossil fuels, great. Stop using our products. Stop using our products and the problem will solve itself. We do not need government intervention to force people to use a product that a small elite group of people feel is virtuous. And that's where where we're at. Um, We we should not need government intervention. So kind of subverting the will of the people, not taking it to vote, but through their majority, uh, their party majority in the state, force a measure onto the entire state, forcing them to use an electric car, to use renewable energy. I don't want renewable energy. I don't want an electric car. Uh, That's what it boils down to. If somebody does and the masses decide that, fine. But that's not what's happening here. You've got government forcing people um, and forcing fossil fuels out for something that people don't want. I, I it's that simple. If they wanted it, if they wanted it, it would win, right? I mean, supply and demand. Again, going back to basic economics, if, if people wanted renewables, they would have renewables and, and oil and gas would lose. Or it would just, spite, yeah, I mean. Of, in spite of all those subsidies, in spite of 40 years of development, there's... There hasn't been tremendous gains in in power uh, generation. It's a backup system. It's 
it's uh well, even even that's a little bit Orwellian too, because the word renewable, you know, they don't include hydro and they don't include nuclear, which are renewable. And I think it's uh, Representative James Cook, um, minority leader in Colorado, he pointed that out to me, that really this renewable thing actually should be called preferred energy, because again, hydro is renewable, so is nu- nuclear, and they're not included in this new thing. And the other thing that needs to be pointed out too is. Um, what happened in Germany, there is a test market for this. And Germany's energy bills went up four to five times what they started out to be. And they just had to fire up the coal plants last week. I'm sorry, last month, because it can't handle it. The renewables just can't do it. And Germany's not a big, you know, I mean, like it's the size of North Dakota, maybe North Dakota and part of South Dakota. Geographically speaking, Germany is not a large company, a country compared to the United States. So, you know, and, and really solar, what have they done? They've been able to give us technology that's affordable to charge our cell phones, you know, to go camping, uh, but they don't have a car. They don't have solar panels that can, you know, generate a positive gain on houses yet. The, they the biggest that. thing there, it's just unreliable. You can't depend on solar. No. There's no way to store that energy. What if the sun's not shining? What if, what do we do in Colorado in the wintertime? We get a lot of snow here. Yeah. And you got to clean them. What do we what do we do if there's snow on our roof where the solar panels are? And uh, um, beyond that, though, beyond that, Jason, it goes back to we're, energy strong. Me personally, a lot of the people that I know that are in the industry, no one is actively anti-renewables, right? So that's the big differentiator. I don't want a law forcing people to use fossil fuels. I don't want a law on the books forcing people to, to use renewables. I want people to decide what they want to use and let the market decide. And that's that's where our, our biggest kind of, with with the energy strong thing and all that. It's it's tough to watch, and it's and in my opinion, it's it's completely immoral and unethical to to be forcing people to use a product that they feel is virtuous. But when you actually boil it down and look at the data, it's not any better for the environment. In some cases, it's worse. And it's way more expensive and it's unreliable. Domestic natural gas and energy independence is it is the linchpin to the prosperity that our society has. Access to affordable, abundant energy drives everything else. Your quality of life, the economy, uh, recreation, everything you do is touched by fossil fuels and we can do it. We, we, the industry has proactively gotten cleaner. It's gotten better. We've worked in, in Colorado with the COGCC for decades to institute leading edge regulation on our own industry to make sure that we're doing things the best and cleanest way possible. Is there still work to be done? Absolutely. We want to, again, and the purpose of Energy Strong is to engage those communities, engage uh, uh the industry and the communities together to find solutions to problems that we can solve, not ban things, not force people to use stuff they don't want. And that is at its essence, what it's about. Yeah. All right. We better wrap up your little uh, summary of energy strong, how people can donate support and buy some merchandise, sir. Sure. www.energystrong.com would be the best place for information on our mission, latest merchandise, industry news our facebook page energy strong uh look it up um we've also got several states 
that have sub chapters and we've got a presence on Instagram and LinkedIn. So um, huge social media following. Uh, we're at a lot of uh, local and regional events um, here in Colorado and across the country. And, and uh, if you're interested, go ahead and head to our website. There's an email link there. Email one of us and uh, we'll find a way to get you involved. And Jason, appreciate the time and all you do for the industry. And that's going to do it for today's program here at the Multimedia Cafe. That is Jack Hamlin with Summit Engineering and Energy Strong Colorado. To listen to the full-length interview or to check out other exclusive interviews, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. The Multimedia Cafe is part of the Crude Life Media Network. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter. All of those social media links can be found at thecrudelife.com. 350,000 social media followers we have within our Crude Life Media Network, which the Multimedia Cafe is part of. And that's going to do it, like I said, for today's program. We'll be back tomorrow at this time on this radio station. And for those of you streaming us on the Internet or maybe downloading one of our podcasts, we appreciate it very much. If you can leave a comment, we'd like that as well. Apparently, that's how they rank a lot of things these days. And I've been told by many, 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 many that I need to get more comments. I need to solicit more comments, even though it's not my style. So this is me soliciting comments. Boy, that's about as smooth as sandpaper. All right. That's going to do it, folks, from the staff here at the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies, asking you to savor life and enjoy the spice. shale basin projects groundbreaking with construction resuming in early 2019 the davis refinery jason spies the most trusted voice in the bakken i totally agree with you and the word that you brought into this is fact you tell the facts 
and then you will let people make up their own minds. If you want someone who's competent, you don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Spies. 